And my name is Nick. Um, this is Sickle Podcast. You know, welcome to the show. Bet, bet. All right. All right. So um, what do you want me to call you? Wawa, Wakeem, Nick? Do oh, I don't matter, Nick. Wawa, Wakeem. It, it don't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Wakeem. Uh, thank you so much for uh, hopping on the podcast. Um, I'm looking forward for this conversation because, um, you know, I love watching your journey, uh, you know, post-graduation. I see that you're teaching. I see that you're, you're doing a whole plant-based diet. And, you know, th that's something that I've, I've actually been curious about because I've done like or tried to do several types of diets. Um, I, I tried like a carnivore diet for a little bit. I tried to do um, sort of uh, a variation of a plant-based, except there was, I had fish too. So I don't know, you know, how much that counts or anything. So um, I'm, I'm excited to basically learn and catch up, man. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a calm year uh, after graduating. I say um, it definitely feels good just like working around like a solid schedule where you have a solid routine. Um, you know, you're making money to, you know, pay off your expenses to save, to invest and do all of that stuff. Um, plant based diet. Like, I actually transitioned last year uh, around this time last summer. Mm -hmm. um, the reason why I wanted to do it um, because at first, when I graduated, I realized I was kind of feeling, like, really gross. Like, I, I was not necessarily, like, sick, but I just wasn't feeling good, like, about myself. Like, not necessarily physically, but just, like, my well-being. So, one of my friends that I met at QC, he was on a plant-based diet. And I hit him up, actually. I was like, hey, like, you know, what was this plant-based diet you were talking about? And... Um, he referred me to his health coach, who's also now my health coach. Um, and we just got on a call, talked about it, um, just kind of asked some questions, just, you know, mentioned my reasoning. And I was kind of hooked into it uh, just because I, I had watched a couple documentaries before and done some research. And, and I, I recognize all the benefits that, you know, were behind a plant-based diet. So... I decided to, to transition to, at first I wanted to try it. I wanted to see how it would work for me. I'm not going to lie. The first week was kind of tough because, yeah. you know, I, all my life I was just eating like meat, you know, dairy, seafood, all that, all like an animal-based diet. Like I mean, anything you could think of, like I would just eat because it tastes good. Um, but then I just started to realize like the effects it had on my body afterwards. And like, I was, I was like, not waking up on time in the morning feeling kind of nasty like not motivated to exercise um we get really like hangry you know when you get emotional when you get hungry yeah, yeah I was feeling that a lot um and just I would just crave a lot of like junk food sweets sugary stuff like snacks chips and all that stuff so um the program that I did was like a 28-day plant-based detox and you know, I'm not gonna lie it changed my life uh, the first, it was supposed to be like, uh, you know, you start cutting out things you usually eat and then you go fully transition to it. But I just really wanted the results. So I just went cold turkey the, the very first day. And it was kind of like a shock to my body. It was just like, oh, like, you know, what's going on? Like, why aren't you eating all this stuff? But after the first day, I was like, okay, like, this is, this is fine. Like, I'm living, like, you know, I ate, I'm, I'm okay. After the first week, I was like, all right, this is doable. Uh, this is, you know, I have a plan. I know what I want to eat. I know what I like. Uh, and then after those 28 days, I just fully, like, transitioned. Like, I didn't really miss eating meat and stuff like that. But I noticed, like, how certain foods kind of are, are make my body, like, really sensitive to it. Like, fried foods um, and, like, more processed stuff, like chips um, and stuff like that. But overall, it, it was a really good transition. Um, it's been a year now, like I said. And I feel good. I've been exercising a lot more. Uh, I can wake up in the morning now and then, like, I kind of just feel good knowing that, like, what I eat and or drink uh, will overall, like, just benefit my well-being. Yeah, that's, that's dope, man. Um, you know, I, I, I thought about doing, doing plant-based, but, you know, I, I never did the research fully to really, like, dive into the world, into that world. And I definitely relate to what you're, you're speaking of in terms of just sort of feeling like shit, even though, like, yeah. You're, you're you're healthy like you're healthy um 
you're doing good, but you just don't feel like great. And um, mm -hmm. I've, I've also been feeling that a lot more recently. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's really what sparked, you know, the diet that I'm on now. But I haven't, you know, fully transitioned to plant-based. And, and I want to. I want to try it just because, I mean, I don't know if I could ever give up on meat. But I want to just know enough to go a couple months maybe without having meat. Just like going a period of time uh, in order to take breaks and, and stuff. Well, for, for the detox, you know, what was that like basically? In terms um, of, yeah. Well, yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um, I think the the first thing would just be to just be aware of what you're eating and what you're putting into your body because it's definitely a fact that like, you know, you are what you eat. So like anything you ingest and, you know, you, you're, you're pretty much like feeling it afterwards, you know? Mm -hmm. um, the detox, it, it just like kind of replenished my energy, you know? Like after we graduated, we, we were like 22, 21, 22 years old, you know, we're young, we're healthy. We're ready to you know do so much for the world but you know like you can't do so much when you just feel like shit when you don't have energy in the morning when you know you, you're not motivated to do stuff and um it really just made me feel feel a lot better like, i feel like a, it made me feel clean like, i felt really clean like, i felt just really active um my mind was just focused um on what i wanted to do and i went into vacation so I was just kind of just chilling, you know, like it was a perfect time where I'm not stressed out. I'm not, you know, worried about school or college and I could just really just, you know, eat, you know, exercise a little bit, you know, do whatever I want. At the time I was playing basketball too. So, uh, you know, just go play ball and just, you know, do, do summer stuff. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I think I would recommend just, you know, the, you, you say you've done research on it. So, you know, keep looking up, you know, what, what, what it is. Um, why do people do it? You know, there's a lot of athletes and famous people that have transitioned to, um, and, you know, even just try to like eating less, you know what I mean? I'm not sure what your, exactly your diet is, but just try eating less like meat and dairy and stuff like that. And then maybe like meatless Mondays, you know, one day where you just don't eat it at all. And just like start to notice like how you feel after you eat. And, you know, it's just, it's just a transition, you know, mm -hmm. it's not a race. Uh, you don't have to go cold turkey like I did. Um, I only did it because I wanted the results that badly. Um, but if you want to do it for a couple months, yeah, a couple months would be good. You know, you don't have to do it for your whole life. You know, some people just do it. Like the thing about diets that I don't really like is, mm -hmm. you know, people kind of just do it for a short period of time. And then they, you know, they get the results they want, but then they go back to whatever they were doing before and they just, you know, eliminate all like the hard work and the results that they achieve just by, you know, going back to that bad habit. Um, so that's why I wanted to turn into a lifestyle. Cause at first I was just kind of like on your timing. I was like, okay, let me just try it 28 days. That's just a month, not bad. And then, you know, I'll see how I feel. But then I realized like, yeah, those 28 days were not, not long, but it's just like, you know, I worked hard to, to, you know, finish 28 days of eating completely plant-based. Like, why would I go back to eating meat and dairy and all that stuff I used to eat to feel the way I used to feel when, you know, I feel great right now. Um, so, yeah, I definitely recommend just, you know, looking more into it. There's documentaries out there mm -hmm. that talk more about it, that give you more insight, give you, you know, people, other people, athletes and famous people's perspectives on it. And overall, honestly, it's, it's a lot better for the world to eat more of a plant-based diet because... Um, there's a documentary Cowspiracy on Netflix. It explains mm -hmm. how animal agriculture um, is, is not good for the world. It, it creates a lot of pollution um, and a lot more pollution than, than humans do. But the, it's, it's kind of like hypocritical because, you know, these animals are being farmed so that we can eat them, not, you know, for their well-being. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, definitely, I definitely feel you on that. Um, and I will research because... Now is, is really the time, I think, just to, you know, do these transitions and figure out what, how to make yourself feel good and feel just better in terms of your body, your system. And if it's helping the planet, all more for it. Um, exactly. You know, it's, it's helping the world. It makes you feel good, you know. And there's just a lot of benefits behind it. And um, there's a lot, like a lot of the dishes. The thing is, like, we eat stuff we like and that, you know, that tastes good. And, you know, you would never cook something by itself and just eat it. 
just like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you don't eat things that are tasteless. Like we season yeah. our stuff. You know, we put all types of stuff. But like all these seasonings and stuff like that, they come from plants. Like you know what I mean? The seasonings, the spices, all come from plants. Um, they're like more processed kind of seasonings, like like the barbecue seasoning, the the grill seasoning, stuff like that. That's more like processed and like whatever they put in that to make it taste like that. But like you know, like pepper, you know, salt, um, you know, just all all these spices, like cumin, um, garlic, garlic powder, onion powder, all, all that stuff just comes from plants. So it's like we we season our stuff to make it taste good, but all that seasoning comes from plants. So it's like we don't like food because because of the meat because of the dairy because of the cheese we like it because the seasoning because it tastes good because it tastes the way we want it to taste. Yeah. You know I mean yeah i never i never thought of that i never thought yeah. of that that's a that's a that's a really good point that that's a fire point you yeah because someone me, was like yo like would you cook a piece of chicken <laughs> just by itself and i was like uh-huh. no like why would someone do that it's like yeah you would season it with stuff like that but like you know you eat it because of the seasoning not because it's like just the meat itself yeah so i think that was the point that got to me i was like yo i really don't need to eat meat to for things to taste good you know i I like seasoning i like seasoning stuff the way i want to and the way you know it makes it taste good to me what's um what's your favorite plant-based meal yeah i'm not gonna lie there's a lot like you know every cuisine like you can just if you take out the meat or dairy like it's still it still tastes good you know what i mean so for asian cuisine um i just like stir fry like i i like stir frying like a bunch of vegetables together cook some rice you know eat it with the rice um italian like i love making pasta like there's a whole bunch like there's like gluten-free pastas that are made out of like chickpeas or lentils Mm. and they just pack a bunch of protein per serving so i just eat that with some tomato sauce cook some mushroom vegetables like broccoli some asparagus whatever i'm putting it and just throw that together i made this like really fire alfredo like that is just straight from cashews, cashews and like onions and vegetable broth, That's and it literally right. tastes like Alfredo. Um, I think like American, like American food, like I guess like fast food kind of like I think the Beyond Burger is kind of kind of good. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't eat it too much just because like you know it's just made in however they made it, um, and but it tastes good. Like you season it, make it like a regular burger, like it tastes fire. Um, um i like eating like tacos like i could just cook whatever i want to cook cook up season it um just make it with some tacos um and ooh, i'm a big fan of mushrooms like, i really like mushrooms uh there's a whole bunch of different kinds of mushrooms that are like they have a very like meaty texture so if you like cook it a certain way it kind of replaces that meat kind of mm-hmm. um meat uh texture um i like making chickpea curry like you just make curry, but instead of like chicken and stuff, like you just throw chickpeas in there, and that packs a bunch of protein, and it tastes good because you know it's curry. Like you season it just like curry. Um, but there's, there's so many like recipes and dishes yeah. I can name, but like that's kind of like the food that I like to make. Oh, rice and beans, dude! Like from the Spanish classic. Pop, <laughs> rice and beans, like that's straight up plant based meal. Like it yeah. tastes really good. Uh, I looked up some recipe online, made it um, for the first time, I think a month or two ago. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was it was like a big pot of rice, a big pot of beans. I'm like, oh, this could feed me, my brother, and whoever else wants to eat for like a week, pretty much. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fire. That's fire. I'm, I'm definitely going to hit you up probably sometime just for some recommendations. <laughs> I could slide you the documentaries. I yeah. could, you know, even refer you to my health coach who made the detox if you wanted to try that out on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, I could send you the recipes that I looked up. Um, it's all like on the internet, or you buy like recipe books. Um, I do recommend Blender and an air fryer. Blender just so yeah. you can like make shakes or smoothies and stuff like that, or you can like uh, make sauces and, and stuff like that out of your blender. And then an air fryer is kind of like a mini oven, so you know yeah. if you don't like fully use an oven, you can throw stuff in the air fryer and get it done. Yeah, air fryers are fire. Um, I got one like a, a month or two ago, and they cook everything like that. Quick as hell. Yeah, bro, you just press a few buttons, you know, and just go. It's crazy. <laughs> when, when I found out about it, I was like, we, we had this the whole time? That's what I'm saying. I was like, I could have got one in college, bro. Yeah. Like, it's convenient. Like, I don't like fully using an oven, getting trays and all that stuff. Like, I could just, you know, pop some stuff in the air fryer. And there's some with, like, 
four in one. Like you can like bake, air fryer, roast, roll, mm-hmm. like all that stuff. Like I got one of those instant pop ones. It was like ninety bucks. Man. And it's gonna last for like at least a couple of years before something happens. You know? That's a fact. That's a fact. Um, yeah. speaking speaking of college, um, I, I was just curious because you know we we chilled and hung out many times in Q's. Um, I, I was just you know wanted to know like what your experience was like in Q's. Um, uh, what joining LAU was like for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just just how was that experience? Um, overall, I, I honestly college is just a fun time. Like. Like someone, um, I think I could like talk through like the phases. I think like freshman year was kind of like you know we all get on campus, it's lit. Um, you know, either coming from wherever you come from, just being on campus, being on your own, independent. You know, not with your parents in your parents' house. This is a great feeling. Um, you know, you got your own room, your dorm, whatever. Uh, you can go out, do whatever you want, uh, eat however you want, and there's so many things to do on campus or outside of campus uh, and it was just a great feeling you know everybody probably had the most fun their freshman year because I was kind of just like you know your first year of college you know those are probably the best memories you can make um not gonna lie academically wise I did slack that first semester I kind of had too much fun didn't focus too much on it mm-hmm. um, but the second semester I started thinking about okay like you know you know my family's paying a lot of money for me to be here so, I, you know, I will still have fun, but it's time for me to start getting serious about what I want to do, what I want to study, and, you know, just get, get myself together academically. Um, I did, like, first semester I had, like, a little under a three, but I knew I could do better. Like, I knew I was a better student than that. Yeah. Um, uh, second semester, I picked it back up and started just researching, like, just more classes that I want to take that, you know, like, it's not high school anymore where you have to take these classes and there's no way around it. Um, it's college where you can kind of pick and choose what kind of classes you want to take and, you know, make your own schedule and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, freshman year was cool. Lived in BBB, uh, dope freshman vibe, had fun, you know, made the best memories. Mm-hmm. Sophomore year, I moved to South. So that was a kind of big transition, you know, going from like a freshman dorm where you're living with a bunch of freshmen. It's like a community there. Yeah. Uh, then you go to South where, you know, it's quiet. Everybody got their own apartments, you know, it's, it was me and my roommate freshman year, you know, we became roommates again, and it was just different, you know, you, you started to realize, you know, who your real friends was, like, you started to realize, like, okay, these are my friends because we kind of lived together and we're around each other, these are my actual friends who, like, you know, hit me up and text me and want to do stuff with me, want to go out, want to work out, want to study, want to just, you know, eat, whatever, um, and then my, my roommate decided he didn't like South, so he kind of moved out. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he moved to the main campus because he, he, he honestly just liked the main campus vibe a lot more. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And then he used an excuse uh, to, to, to uh, rush the IFC frats, too. Um, and also, like, he was, my, he was my, like, one of my really good friends. I would say, like, my best friends. So, like, I, I did it, too. And I realized, like, that kind of culture just wasn't for me. Uh, I just didn't like it. So I did find I did find out about LAU around that time. I met like Nico on a bus. <laughs> I remember we just ended up siphoning with each other. And um I didn't even know he was in the frat. So I remember I pulled up to China one time, bumped into him, he's like, Oh, what's good? Let me introduce you to my LBs and I was like, Oh yeah, sure, what up? And they were uh they were, we were doing like deep fried Oreos at the time. Um that's when like Nico Alberto, Matt, Medina, Kiles, they just crossed. Um, and I was like, cool, put in an order. Not going to lie, I didn't end up getting the Oreos. Uh, <laughs> I did it just so, you know, support. Yeah. Uh, but I ended up just getting to know them more. Um, I remember I missed the informational, and then Alberto Medina kind of just did one for me like, on the side with this other kid. But it was cool. It was just genuine, good vibes. You know, I chilled, met all the bros. And I was like, you know what? Like, you know, you want to join people who – you know, are like you, are, you know, are promoting, like, a positive mission goal and just want to do better for not only themselves, but just their, their communities, too. So that's when I was like, okay, like, this is this is something I would definitely consider being a part of. So just going through that whole process, like, meeting Jeff, uh, meeting Juwan, um, and, you know, going, going through the process, like, I ended up just realizing, like, like, how much of a strong bond I built with these, these men. 
And, you know, that's something that truly changed my life too. Um, you know, I started learning more, not only about them, but about myself, about my family, where I come from, um, you know, I, how I could apply myself uh, to be better, to be a better person, not only for like my family, but just for the community, for the world. Um, you know, the LAU has definitely done a lot for me. And I definitely plan like to do more for, for the organization, as, you know, as I go through life, uh, go through teaching, go through um, just, you know, being an adult, you know, we just got fresh out of college a year ago. So it's a big transition. Um, but overall, like, LAU has given me a lot of skills, has helped me develop to be like the man I am today, honestly. Uh, I met so many like good people in like in the organization, outside my organization. Um, it just brought me so many connections and also helped me like get my teaching job today. Um, so I'm just really forever grateful for going through that experience. Um, and then that just goes into junior year and senior year where, you know, I moved off campus. That was a lot. And another transition, you know, paying rent, paying bills and stuff like that, having to get groceries too. Um, and, you know, that's when you start taking school more seriously. You know, you start thinking about, okay, what do I want to do in the future? You know, how, what am I studying right now and how am I going to use that to, you know, uh, do something after college? So that was another big transition and focus area for me. Uh, but ultimately found uh, a summer internship um, with the schools that I work with now and it was a great great experience that um, kind of just showed me that I could be a teacher you know it's something I'm good at I'm good at working with kids I enjoy it it makes me feel good and it's definitely important work too so going into senior year I secured that bag I was like lit I got a job after college so yeah. you know I met my girlfriend at the end of junior year you know we've been together for two years uh, shout out to Anna congrats, <laughs> I love her. congrats. Um, she just graduated too so congrats um and you know senior year was just cool you know I just did what I had to do um for myself academically and for LAU and just really just enjoyed that year yeah that, that's fire man it seems like you know the college experience was for you it was one of growth one of just like building you know a network a community um relationships and you know I'm, I'm really happy that it, it was it was great for you. And I, and I got to see some of that growth myself, you know, just, just being, you know, able to just chill with you and hang out with you um, all the times that I did. I, I never thought, though, that you'd end up being, to being a teacher. Although I, I didn't really think, <laughs> I didn't have an idea of what profession you'd be, but teacher surprised me. Um, what did you, like, when did you realize that I want to be a teacher? Honestly, man, well, yeah, I met you through college, so, you know, I'm grateful for all those relationships and meeting you, hanging out with you, and, you know, even talking today, doing this with you. Um, as a kid, you know, I was, a, I was like a smart kid, but I was kind of lazy, too. Like, I knew, like, I could get it done. Yeah. I kind of choose when I wanted to do it, and I know teachers hated me for that. Um, but as I grew up, I started realizing, you know, how much I appreciated my teachers and, like, you know, how much they do for me and how important their work was so but at the same time as like a little kid young kid I was like I don't never want to be a teacher like that's boring like well why would I want to do that um yeah I started realizing how important it was junior year I picked up this uh community service uh thing that uh, Medina uh introduced like it's a bunch to us at, a, at that time it was called Young Scholars for Boys um and it was just kind of like a tutoring service where you go to this uh, learning center. Uh, I forgot where, I think north side of Syracuse. Yeah, I think the north side of Syracuse. I drove there every time. It was like once a week for a couple hours. And, you know, we just help uh, kind of like refugee and immigrant kids uh, who live in that area, who come from um, Africa, the Middle East, and, you know, from, from all over the world too, uh, mainly from those areas when I got to know them. And you kind of just help them with, you know, what they need help with. You know, what are they doing in school? What are they learning? And, you know, it's not a lot of them speak very good English. So, you know, it's hard to always communicate with them exactly how you want to communicate with them. And I understand, like, I developed that patience. Like, you know, like, it's, it's hard to teach somebody something that they don't understand. 
So it's easy because you understand it. And this is what I learned through grad school is uh, a curse of knowledge. Once you know something, you forget what it's like to not know it anymore. You know what I mean? So like everything you learned, like now you know, but you you forget the experience you had that when you didn't know it. Right. So it's like, that's, that's how you, you got to explain things that make it sticky to someone that, you know, they can understand it the way you understand it. Um, so through that, I had fun. Those kids were cool. Like, you know, we joked around, we played around, we studied, got to know each other, told them I went to Q's, you know, they wanted to go to Q's. Um, they were like mostly in high school too. And I, I realized how much I enjoyed that time. It didn't really feel like community service. It felt like, you know, we were just chilling, and helping you out with some work. Uh, you know, I didn't realize it was community service, so I handed in my sheet, like, hey, could you sign these for me? Uh, so I can get uh, like some hours marked down. So that's when I was okay. Like at the time, I was still confused about what I wanted to do. So I was like, okay, like you know, this is tutoring, not teaching a classroom. But I was like, if I can tutor some kids, you know, I can probably teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found out about Teach for America at a career fair, like the CBT career fair at the time. It, they didn't really get back to me, so I was like, you know, I just wanted to learn more. Like I was trying to get an internship, or whatever. But okay. So then. Um, one of my friends uh, that I met through Greek Life at Q's, uh, she was a teacher at an uncommon school in Brooklyn. And she did the same internship that I did. So she mentioned to me, like, hey, like, I work for uncommon schools. They do this summer internship that, you know, that you probably would be interested in. So I was like, oh, okay, I didn't never heard of this. Like, thank you for telling me about it. So I did some research, went on the site, read about it. Charter School Network, Public Charter School Network, uh, it's in Brooklyn, it's in uh, New Jersey, Massachusetts, in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, so looked into it and realized, like, you know, I was eligible to apply. So I was like, all right, why not? Just apply, you know, just like any other application. Then waited, and then they accepted me for the interview. Yes, interview, you know, like, but then I was like, and then the interview required me to, um, like, teach a sample lesson. And I was like, shit, like, I ain't never teach. <laughs> My, I never taught in my life, you know yeah. what I mean? I was like, what am I going to do now? So I actually reached out to um, uh, some bros throughout in LAU, like, hey, like, who's a teacher? Like, someone got to be a teacher. Someone got to work in education. I had this interview. I, I don't really know what I'm doing. I got connected with a bro who went to UConn in Connecticut. He founded the chapter there. And he, he kind of helped me with my uh, sample lesson. He was like, all right, like, you know, this is what charter schools expect. Um, a view uh, this is how like you know the culture is and um, sample lesson would be really short because it was like 10 minutes max and a regular lesson is like an hour so it's a like, very condensed version and this is you know what what you want to do to make sure you execute it correctly so here's some sample lessons that I had uh, he's an English teacher I want to teach math so I was like, okay let me like try to recreate my lesson for your lesson look up some resources online they provided me with some videos. I'm like, okay, this is what how our teachers teach, you know. So I watched, I observed. I went to my friend who taught at that school, um, and I observed her for a day. So, okay, what are you doing in the classroom? What do they teach you to do? So I picked up some of that stuff. Um, I think I did really good in the interview at the time. Uh, and then I think a month or two later, they told me that I got accepted for internships. Yes. You know, I got something, you know, I, you know, I never had an internship in my life. So I was like, okay, you know, this is, this is it. You know, I got something done. It's like a, my first professional experience, you know, so it was really my time to put in my, put in my all for this. Uh, the internship was dope. It was centered in Brooklyn. They had other regions too, but I picked Brooklyn first. Just so, you know, I'm in New York, kind of convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a six or seven week program pretty much. Uh, met a lot of really cool people. So like, you know, we're all college juniors trying to, you know, teach, trying to, you know, get an internship, trying to secure something for our future. So met some really dope people through there. Uh, some of us stuck around to actually be teachers today. Um, so shout out to them. Um, and once I got to the job, the real job, I was like, because this is a lot different than what I did in the internship. You know, the internship is like a watered down version, like a here, get your feet wet. Like this is what it's like. The real job is like, you know, you're you're a teacher teacher. You know what I mean? Like you're not like some like, you know, 
trainee or an assistant, like, yo, you're a teacher, teacher. Like, you got to teach. You got to grade. You got to communicate with parents. You got to be professional. You got to, you know, do everything that a teacher does. So, I'm not going to lie, the training did prepare me for that first year. But that first couple of months, I was like, man, like, waking up at like 5 in the morning, 5.30 in the morning. Got to go all the way to Brooklyn. I teach in Brownsville, so that's like an hour to get there, plus an hour to get back home. You know, I'm there from 7. School day ends at 4, plus a couple of hours if I have to get some stuff done. Pretty much happened, like, every day. So I was a little stressed out, I'm not going to lie. But I realized, like, you know, weekends would be neat. Um, Fridays, if the staff was doing anything, if they planned a happy hour or, like, uh, you know, a fun social event, I'd pop out. You know, just make sure I'm still me. Yeah, that's, that's how I got into it. And after my finishing my first year, I I was stressed out, I'm not going to lie, but, you know, it was a very rewarding experience. And, you know, I bonded a lot with my students, not all of them, but, you know, um, you know, there's ones that like me, that don't like me, and there's ones that I like that I don't like, but honestly, like, you know, that's just life. You can't like everybody you meet. But at the same time, they're my students. So, you know, it's my responsibility, my duty to teach them what they need to learn. Um, and that's part of my job. Um, you know, no matter who, who it is, like, I'll still, you know, give my all to make sure you're, you're understanding what you need to understand. Uh, and it's, it's very rewarding to watch them grow, you know, from being, you know, from the first day to the last day. Uh, I, I was a little bit upset that we didn't get to enjoy, like, the year festivities with them, end of year trips, the you know stuff like that, and just like having like more fun towards the end. But you know, I I think that first year it wasn't that bad. It helped me realize where I needed to grow, and what I was good at, what I was not, and just looking and you know the summer is just a well needed break from all that, so that next year is coming fall, more prepared to to be better. Yeah, that's. That's dope, man. You're, you're affecting like all, all the students you have, like you're actually shaping a part of who they will be in the future. Like, I, you know, I think about, you know, I was just talking to one of my friends, Stacy, about, you know, one of these teachers, uh, one of my teachers uh, growing up that really had an effect on me because of all the experience that he had, he was like, a, he, was, he had so many different odd jobs throughout his life and he traveled to so many places. So he had a story for everything and a life lesson for everything that was just outside of a- academics and, and shit like that. And, and that stuck with me because, you know, I wanted to be more like him. I wanted to have those stories as well. I wanted to, you know, not just have like, oh, I, I traveled here and I did this. It's more so um, I can help you because I've experienced because I tried doing this in my life and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Does it ever like like get to you or like blow your mind like oh shit, little Ben here, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm shaping his life because I'm spending a lot of time with these kids. Yeah, um, you know, there's like a lot of students who you know work really hard. Um, you know, some might be at different levels than the others, but at the end of the day, they all work really hard. So. I kind of like gave them like an end of year reflection. Um, not all of them did it just because, you know, it's online. Um, you know, I can't hold them accountable. It's, it was like an optional thing just for me to, you know, see what I did. Like, how do they feel about, you know, my, me being a teacher, me being their teacher? Mm-hmm. Like, how do they feel about class? How do they feel about being in my class? You know, what, what, was, what was their favorite memory and stuff like that? Um, I do realize that a lot of students, you know, they – they kind of, they're very aware of things, you know what I mean? Like, although I teach fifth grade, they're very young. Um, you know, they're very aware of their surroundings, of what's going on in the world. Um, you know, they they kind of think and know a lot more than you think they do. They kind of observe you, you know, not just like what you're teaching them, but just you overall as a person. And, you know, how they could relate to you, you know, you know what are you, who are you to them? You know what I mean? So, hey, one day I really hope, you know, that they get to achieve, you know, their dreams and do what they want to do in their lives. And it's like kind of realizing, like, hey, like, you know, that was my student. Um, 
you know, like, uh, hopefully, like, what I taught them outside of academics, like you said, helped them uh, get to where they are now. So I do think about that a lot, and that kind of just what drives me, because, you know, education is all about, like, you know, building tomorrow's leaders, and, you know, whether you're in elementary, middle, high, college, post-grad, like, you're educating yourself to become a better person, to do more for the world, so... You know, I always keep that in mind, you know, when times are stressful and, uh, you know, I feel I feel like shit sometimes. But I realize that, you know, what I'm doing is important and it's affecting their lives, like you said. And it keeps me going. That's like, that's kind of like my drive, my why. Like, you know, why I wanted to do it in the first place. You know, it's, it's for them. You know, these are kids, you know, the youth are tomorrow's leaders. You know, they're, they're the most, one of the most important groups of people in our world. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I think this this was the job for me. I think one of my my chapter partners, Kai, he said, uh, you know, he asked me because at at the time I was confused about what I wanted to do in college. I didn't know I had no direction, pretty much. Um, he asked me like, you know, how you know what what will you do to to change not necessarily change the world, but to to create a positive impact on on the world or the people around you, you know. And that's when I realized like, yo, teaching, like you know, teaching. That's, that's an everlasting positive impact that you can have on your students, um, people around you, families that you encounter. Uh, it's like, you know what, like, this, this is good. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, it's, it's a hard job, it's stressful, it's not easy. It requires a lot out of you, it's very taxing. Um, but like I said, the, the experience you get out of it, the results of, or just watching your students grow, like that feeling, priceless like it's, it's very rewarding um, it can't be bought but yes yeah, that's pretty much like my why i think did i answer your question yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you definitely did you definitely did and and yeah just the passion like regardless of this the stress and and how taxing it is and the sacrifice you make in terms of waking up early um mm-hmm. working after hours just to, you know get job done when you need to you do it because it's just your passion. You, you you like the impact that you have on these kids, and and you and really it's it's as you mentioned rewarding. Um, you know, speaking of that, just you know, the rewarding and, and passion and things like that. You know, just dealing with whole this whole quarantine pandemic thing. Um, you know, how how have you been coping with that, man? Uh, are you like, have you been anxious? Are you are you happy? <laughs> Um, I'm not gonna lie, when schools first closed, it was like a mixed feeling. It was like, oh my God, like, it's serious, you know what I mean? This is real. This pandemic virus thing is real. Um, I'm not gonna have to wake up at five in the morning anymore, which I'm glad. Um, but it killed my routine, you know what I mean? It killed, like, me getting up that early, going to work, being up all day. And then coming home to do what I got to do, rest. You know, I killed that cycle, that routine that I had, that I like, kind of stuck to so strictly. Um, we didn't really have a plan in terms of remote learning at first, so that kind of developed along the way. So I was just kind of waiting on that. Uh, I started invest, started learning how to invest my money in the stock market a couple months ago, like before schools closed. So it gave me a little more time to learn about that, to get more experience, to put a little bit more time into it. And I would usually do because when I when I first started I was like okay uh you know I'm working all day so I only get to check my phone or check like the markets um you know you know a couple times a day when I have a break or when I'm not doing anything when I'm not teaching um and then uh I realized like you know being in at your home in quarantine in your home all day every day like you know consecutively that it takes a lot out of you you know what I mean at first I I did forget what outside felt like i was like i'm outside like what what's going on yeah. uh like the sun is hitting my skin like, you know like it was yeah, it was springtime when it started like quarantine started uh i did eat a lot more uh i did exercise a little bit less but then i realized like you know i have so much time at home like now it's the time to really use my time to you know exercise a little bit more start cooking more, like choosing what I want to eat, uh, you know, start, you know, investing my time into reading, into, you know, doing all this stuff outside of teaching. Um, 
and you know just still get my job done but still use the time outside of that to do all the things all the other things I wanted to do too so that kind of just motivated me to to just understand that okay this is okay I'm okay my parents are at risk because they're a little older they have some underlying diseases uh but you know I'll do what it takes to, to be careful not only for me but for my family but still you know I just still feel okay still put the time put my time in the things I want to do in order to make me feel good you know I mean that was kind of my focus like okay we're quarantined a lot is happening right now but like you know everything's gonna be good just you know just take a day by day you know yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great mentality. It's, it's the same mentality that, that I have, mm-hmm. because you know, just like you, I I forgot what outside was like. I forgot what like what it felt like to just go outside whenever I wanted to and do shit. Like I was driving the other day, just looking outside. I was like, damn, I I can't remember the last time I just like went out with some friends just to drink and shit, and like yeah. what what that felt like to to be normal. Mm-hmm. So you know, definitely you know, quarantine has made me anxious and. And all this stuff, so I had to, you know, recenter, refocus, and mm-hmm. really just prioritize my time since there's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And just maximize how to be productive, how to, you know, exercise, work out, um, how to, you know, like you said, research and how to invest in myself. Um, mm-hmm. Whether on the stock market, I also like tried stocks, um, got Robinhood, learned a little bit about the market, and 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 shit like that, because that's all really what we can do really there's nothing nothing else to do so it's 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 tough you know it it's okay to not always be happy is also what i've learned but you know it's just it's just life we got to stick through yeah man like you know like i said take it day by day and like you said or like we said we have so much time on our hands so now we have that time that ability that freedom to put it towards what we want to do to better ourselves to learn more, to read, to meditate, to sleep better, um, to eat better, to exercise more, um, you know, do, do all those things. Um, you know, not saying that, you know, a lot of people were impacted by this pandemic. You know, a lot of people did get infected, did die. Um, a lot of people did lose their jobs. I'm, I was so grateful to still be able to work or, you know, people started losing jobs or when things closed down. Um, and you know, it's grateful that I I can afford to eat. Grateful that I can afford to pay off my expenses and do stuff like that. Um, so just just remembering that you know you gotta stay positive. That you know you you could be in a better position than than some people, and really to just you know be grateful for that because you know a lot like I said a lot of people were affected by this pandemic negatively, um, and you know just just trying to make sure you're okay and that the people around you are okay. And just show support whenever you can. Just make sure you be there for them. Um, that's that's pretty much how I felt about all of, the whole coronavirus. Same, bro. Like literally, same thing. Like I was one of those people that was laid off because of the coronavirus, so I lost my job. But even even with that, you know, negative thing that affected me, it's almost like I was still, you know, thinking much like you. Like I'm I'm blessed to be alive. I'm blessed that my family is safe and, and corona free um mm-hmm. a lot of people lost their jobs but they also lost their homes and and, and mm-hmm. shit like that so i'm not you know in those situations or in those scenarios so it's it's not really the end of the world i can't be it'll be it'll be it'll be fine it'll, it'll be fine yeah um, yeah hope and hopefully you know this will be over soon enough yeah um it's a it's a virus you know what I mean? So it's it's gonna be hard to go away. Right. Um, I'm, I believe like it may it'll stick around for sure. For sure. But, you know, it may come back around like heavy during flu season when you know people start getting the flu and start sneezing and coughing more. Um, so I just want to really be careful around those times. Um, but at the same time, like I know it's it's not very deadly. Uh, I haven't gotten tested yet. I do want to get tested to make sure you know I'm okay. And you know to make sure that my family's okay, but I think that, like you said, it, it will be okay eventually. You know, and, and, you know, humanity has gone through things like this. And, you know, we we are a bit more advanced than we were before. Yeah. But at the same time, you do realize like how unprepared we are as a nation. Yeah. And it's like public health crisis. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. We spent so much on like guns, militaries, planes, bombs, whatever, stuff like that. Um, but you know, we, 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 that, 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 that stuff doesn't fight the disease, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just, just hoping that, you know, times will be, times will be better. You know, I know there's a lot been going on with the Black Lives Matter, Matter movement, you know, the killing of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, countless names, um, have lost their lives due to police brutality. Um, that combined with this pandemic, you know, a lot of people are kind of just stressed, you know, the riots, the protests that have been happening, you know, and it's it's been a lot. So we just want to make sure that like we show we show support for those movements to to bring justice to those who've lost their lives, but also just you know bring justice to our whole like nation. You know, what I mean, and this nation is like a like not necessarily like this is just an ugly nation. You know, from from birth till now. You know, what I mean, if you look at history or the phrase make America great again, you think about, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, bad shit that happened in the history of the United States. You know, there has been some good stuff, you know, I'm not going to say there wasn't, but there's been a lot of bad shit that, that went down. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just want, I really just want, I really hope that the next century, you know, you know, that we, this next couple decades that we live in, you know, will bring some positive change and, you know, change to history um as we live it yeah definitely like now it's 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 a weird time because this whole pandemic hit um the whole pandemic hit and that's the thing the whole world is sitting down and at home basically and then we have this protest you know the black lives matter protest that is reaching basically its boiling point with every the world support and as you mentioned you know with just bringing justice and like everyone's realizing how fucked up you know, America is and the world is just in terms of progressiveness mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, all communities, not just the black community, but also the LGBTQ community and all these other, uh, you, know, uh, you know, people of color uh, communities and indigenous groups. So, you know, I, I like that, you know, everyone is, is really fighting and everyone's basically taking a stand, you know, against, against that. So, it's, it's good. It's great. Like, it, as you mentioned, a lot is happening. Taking care of our mental health is very important right now because mm-hmm. it's, it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to take a break um, just so that you can, you know, be a better ally for these movements. Um, I'm curious, you know, have you ever, like, experienced any, like, racial stuff, you know, based on, on your ethnicity growing up or, you know, ever? Um. Honestly, I think my parents, my parents are immigrants, so they came from Singapore and Malaysia. And when they did get here, you know, Singapore and Malaysia are very different places than the U.S. Uh, you know, very Asian, Asian-dominated countries. You know, so they're very used to just being around people that look like them, um, or other like Asian, Asian um, races or ethnicities um, from Southeast Asia. Uh, so when they did get here, they did uh, experience some negative experiences with people of color. Um, but I know their hearts are good. But I think those experiences did help create this bias in their mind uh, towards people of color. Um, especially like throughout my life when I've made friends who are people of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were like kind of just, not like weird around them, but just like kind of just, you know, like who are you hanging out with? Like who are these people? Cause like at the end of the day, they're strangers to them, you know. Um, but I didn't let that or my parents' experiences uh, cloud my judgment or my perspectives or my experience is with people of color. Um, racially wise, um, I think as an Asian American, uh, I think in middle school when I transitioned from a school in Chinatown to a school in the Upper East Side, which is like predominantly Jewish. Um, and did uh, intake like more people of color too. I think at first, my friends who were non-Asian, you know, did not necessarily make fun of me, but just kind of threw that like, you know, oh, you're Asian, you're different. Yeah. And, you know, these are the stereotypes about you and we're gonna laugh about it. Um, but I was like, 
I'm not really aware of it. You know, you're, we're kids, you know what I mean? We don't, we're not really aware of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we know, like, what's right or wrong. You know, we know, like, when they think that hurt other people's feelings, we recognize that. But I don't think I've ever been, like, bullied or harassed um, due to just me being Asian. I think I've definitely been made fun of and, like, teased and joked around about that stuff. But it never really got to me of who I was. Because mm-hmm. um, as a kid, I was, oh, they're just teasing. They're just joking around. Trying to be funny, um, but you know, Asian jokes are Asian jokes. Like, I'm not gonna laugh, mm-hmm. joke around. I'm saying, "Yo, that was funny." <laughs> you know, like why would you say that? Um, I think going into high school, you know, when we get more mature, um, you know, some kids are still immature. You know, they still like throw that stuff at you and stuff like that. Um, but like I said, it never really got to me. It would just be like, "Why would you say that kind of thing?" You know, what I mean, like you understand, you know, why that's wrong. And I think in college, what's like, bro, I'm busy. Uh, in college, I think my freshman year when I was like around more um, white people and non-people of color, I did experience it a little bit um, in terms of how they would treat me uh, compared to other non-people of color. Uh, or like on Comstock Ave, someone like, you know, made fun of me because I was Asian. Who are you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know you. Yeah. Um, and things like that, but uh, you know, it, it, like to me, it was a, it was always like the kind of joking around. I don't think I've ever been harassed or threatened or you know felt harmed uh, because of that, because of me being Asian. Yeah. So what, what, what about you? Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, you know, sort of the same. Like you went, you mentioned like you went through microaggressions growing up that it wasn't really malicious, but it was just like making fun, like Asian jokes and mm-hmm. from like people of color and also, you know, growing up more so uh, from also white people and things like that. It was basically the same thing for me because I'm an immigrant myself. Uh, I did become a citizen a long time ago, but, you know, I came here, you know, an African kid uh, from Mozambique and my first experiences with, with um, those microaggressions and like sort of racism was, you know, with Dominicans, because I grew up in a Dominican neighborhood. So, um, you know, as a kid with uh, my other, you know, Dominican classmates, they'd make fun of me because I was African or whatever. So that's really my first few experiences with, with those, having those microaggressions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's something that I could definitely relate to because it's not just a white and people of color, indigenous problem. It's, it's, it's really, there's so many layers in between different communities and even within your own community of like colorism and yeah. shit like that, it's it's really in every section, um, which is why it's so strong. So I went through that, uh, you know, growing up, my track view. Um, I think like the first like real racist um, incident I went through, um, like hardcore, was I was playing basketball because I, I was in the basketball team. I used to go to the courts every, every day uh, during middle school over the summer. And this, this, this Dominican old man, I think like somebody was calling me from afar and I didn't hear him. <laughs> this, this old man, he's like, he's like, hey, N-word, that guy's calling you. And, and then he just like kept walking. And I was like, that was the first time I was ever called that. Um, I think maybe the only time, I'm not sure. And I was just like, mad unnecessary because you said hey kid or whatever but I just you know brushed it off and um yeah other than that you know luckily I haven't had any serious encounters of racism like directly I haven't had any like direct police encounters either um and I'm thankful for that but yeah it's it's just you know a a part of life it's like once you understand that you're different and you know, that's the thing, I guess, like, you know, as you mentioned with those fifth graders that you teach, you know, we're aware of a lot more than, you know, your parents think or whoever may think as a kid. So you learn not to take that too heavy because it's not really a surprise, um, at least for me, in my experiences. Yeah, I think I'm grateful to have, like, you know, encountered people outside of my culture, you know, not only to learn more about them, but just to just 
have that experiences of being around them because like I realized that at Syracuse or at any school any neighborhood you know you your experience is your experience so like the people around you like you would only think of people that you have been around you know what I mean or you would judge people based on your experiences around them so I'm grateful to have like you know I've been around people of my culture of white people um black people all, all different races and ethnicities um so that I can be more aware and educated about who they are where they come from and to know that you know they're human at the end of the day um facts, facts. as long as like they pose no threat to my life you know I, I they do not deserve to to be judged um negatively by me um I you know we a lot of people have like these implicit biases in, in their head uh, I am guilty of some of them not gonna lie um, but just due to experiences, you know, I mean, it's all due to experiences of how you are um, and what what has happened to you. Um, yeah, that's everyone. Gonna, you know, create like those implicit biases in your head. So uh, what I learned is like we just have to make sure we start to unpack those implicit biases. Like, you know, why do we have these biases and, you know, what are we going to do? What action steps are we going to take to be more aware of them? and to ultimately unpack and eliminate them. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like everyone, you know, has implicit biases. There's no shame in, in admitting it. Actually, like, admitting it is, like, the, it's the first step. So, you know, even, even with myself, like, I had to learn really, like, you know, about the, the cliche or, 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 the, or the, the saying of, like, black women are, like, are underappreciated in terms of, especially dark-skinned black women. Um, I had to learn that myself just to, to find like beauty in black women because I realized because of the neighborhood that I grew up in, which is Dominican, and because of the media that I consume, um, I'm not getting a lot of exposure to this group. And as a result, that's affecting, you know, my definition of what beautiful is, which shouldn't be limited or constrained by anything. But... Yeah. We're, we're coming up on an hour. Don't want to take up too much of your time. Oh, I didn't even realize, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It goes, it goes quick, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, but, you know, as I mentioned, I, I told you before that there's a story ongoing throughout my podcast. And you're going to have the opportunity to be a part of that story um, just as a guest. And, of course, you can always be a guest in the future and contribute again. But I'm going to tell you, like, the last two or three sentences. and you're gonna just continue on the story with a sentence. So, you ready? Yeah, sure. So, like the last sentence that you have to follow up is uh, Cardi B, Rick and Morty, go to her abuelita's house where they cook some tostones and salami and have a, a party. All right. I gotta add one sentence to that. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Then, after the party, they did this or. Okay. Rick and Morty left Cardi B and whatever. Okay, okay. So they are gonna have a party. Um, but Morty doesn't eat salami because he's Muslim. He can't eat pork. I think salami is pork. Or he just doesn't eat meat. So he has to go to this spot in the Bronx called Next Stop Vegan. To, to order some food, he's gonna order uh, a chimi from there. A chimi? Yeah. Okay, so your your sentence is um, was it you said Morty? Morty Morty realizes that he can't eat meat, but he doesn't eat meat. Yeah. So he orders from this place in the Bronx called Next Stop Vegan, and he orders a chimi. A chimi. Okay. Bang. Yeah. That's uh that's your part of the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a I'm gonna have like. I don't know, after, um, maybe after my 10th guest, uh, I'm gonna have like a little compilation of the story so far with everybody's contributions in it. But right. yeah, that's dope, man. Thank you, thank you so much for reaching out, being a part of the podcast. Um, um, I hope to have you on again in the future, man. Um, love the fact that you're teaching and, and making an impact on these kids and doing your thing. Yeah, man, same to you. Uh, I know we haven't connected in a while, um, but dope to just, you know, have this conversation. Um, 
and just to, just to check up on, on both of us, make sure you're doing good, I'm yeah. doing good. Uh, and I'm glad that, you know, you, you found something new to put your time into after you said losing your job and, you know, throughout this pandemic. So I hope you, you know, continue to, to invest your time into this and uh, reach out to either have people reach out to you or just do more of this, you know, just, right. just keep, keep it going. Uh, you know, don't, right. don't, you know, as long as you love doing this and this is something that uh, you enjoy, uh, just, that's all that matters. You know, like, no, it doesn't matter if nobody watches it or, uh, <laughs> you know, 100 people or 10,000 people watch it. You know, is yeah. this is something you enjoy doing. Uh, eventually, you'll manifest it into something bigger. I appreciate it, man. It means, means a lot. It means a lot.